Facebook.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Wow, what an absolutely glorious spring day. I hope wherever you are, it is as beautiful as it is here in Atlanta. Let's just jump right in because this is going to be one of those programs where I know we are going to run out of time because we're going to be talking about graphics on social media, in particular the graphical elements that we use to talk about ourselves. And my guest today is Hugh Briss. I have had Hugh on before. And the cool thing is, Yo, all these social media platforms change their formats, so then we have to have Hugh back on again. So welcome, Hugh. How are you doing today? I'm good. Deb, how are you doing? Perfect, perfect. Well, let me give a quick little bio here so that everybody knows why I have you on as a guest. I always think that you are definitely the expert on all things graphical about the social media platforms, but that is because you are the founder of Social Identities, and that is a company that specializes in helping companies brand their social networks by designing graphics and backgrounds for Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, blogs, and more. Social Identities also provides consulting services for companies interested in learning the best ways to make use of social media. So, great. Welcome back, Hugh. All right. Thank you. And thanks for the nice plug. <laughs> oh, perfect. You know, it, it, you are always one of my examples as to, you know, for companies as to how to design your pages. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But why don't we just jump right into Facebook? Because they're the platform that everybody uses the most. They're also the ones that ugh, change things the most and the most frequently. So, you know, we're talking... Now, this is not your personal page here, folks. Don't anybody panic. Don't panic. What we're talking about are the cover images on a Facebook page. So those business images, that great big image that you see. So Hugh, tell us about uh, Facebook's recent changes and you know what all we need to be doing with those. Okay. And you know the one thing about Facebook is they change a lot, but mm-hmm. the most important thing is that they don't tell us when they do that. Right. It just starts <laughs> so, appearing in people's news. Right. You have to sort of stumble on it. And uh, especially with the rules, they don't uh, I don't think they've ever made any formal announcements when a rule change occurs. And the latest one, obviously, is it seems like they've removed all the rules from the covers saying that we couldn't put telephone numbers, uh, URLs, calls to action, um, sales pitches, etc. So the only rule that survived um, is the 20% text rule. And that one was added back in, I guess it was January, mm-hmm. and they snuck that one in too, and people had to sort of stumble on it. But And, and there was some confusion for about a week um, when this happened because it just, it just happened that one day I was, for some reason, checking the rules, and I noticed that uh, where Rule 3B used to have four subcategories, mm-hmm. um, they were all gone, and all it said was there's, you know, 20% text. So I posted it, um, and then Mari Smith posted it, and, and it started getting some legs and the next thing you know people were saying oh there's some guy in australia that says that's all wrong and the rules will be added back and uh you know and i'm saying well why would they 
And he Jesus. said it'd be added back in a week. You know, why would they wait a week to add him back if it was a mistake that they took him off in the first place? So, right. Anyway, it looks like, you know, the dust is cleared and it actually uh, was a real change. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we can put pretty much anything we want in the timeline cover as long as it's legal. Right. Uh, and uh, the 20% rule does sort of hobble what we can do a little bit, and that's probably what they figured um, – would happen, you know, I, they, by saying, and I always wondered about the no call to action too, because you think Facebook wants our Facebook pages to do well. Um, if somebody lands on our timeline and we've got a pretty picture at the top of the page, but nothing else really letting people know what we do, why they should like us after they like us, what they can expect to see in their timeline or in their news feeds and all that, and not being able to put a little arrow and saying, hey, Click that little like button down there. I never quite understood what their problem was with that one. But, uh, you know, and I guess I kind of understand what they were trying to avoid by saying no prices and no discount information originally because I think they were probably concerned. And I haven't seen it happen yet since the rule changed. But, you know, I guess the concern was that all of a sudden timelines would end up being a bunch of these big, disgusting-looking banners that, mm-hmm. you know, were big sales ads, 40% off this week and all right, that. Right. But uh I haven't really seen that happen. So, and of course, if you did stick that on there, keeping within the twenty percent rule means it's not going to be some big, huge, ridiculous-looking, uh, you know, promotion anyway. It has to mm-hmm. stay within some reason. The twenty percent rule thing's crazy. Um, you know, I think it's kind of ludicrous. Especially, it, we'll get into that in a minute. But they they applied originally. This applied to images in ads, and mm-hmm. then they they later decided we'll we'll apply it to the timeline covers too. But uh, when you look at a timeline cover, 20% is really a pretty small portion of the cover the way that they calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they the, calculated the best, in kind of an unusual way, right? Yeah, you know, it's a super simplistic way. It's almost like, you know, a, a way a third grader would do it. Um, <laughs> you know, I would think, you know, sophisticated people that work with algorithms and stuff could have come up with some sort of a, a, an algorithm that checked based on pixel density. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, it could search, and, and that's how we were doing it in the beginning before Facebook finally admitted they were using a grid. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I would go in and highlight the areas that were text and then calculate the pixels that were in those specific areas, divide that by the total pixels dimensions of the overall timeline cover, mm-hmm. and then you came up with a percentage. And 20% calculated that way can actually be a reasonable amount of text but right, that's, they don't that's do it that a pretty way. good size chunk well it could be especially mm-hmm. if you were only calculating the actual areas that contained letters mm-hmm. but um, their system is a simple 25 box grid um, and if text appears in more than five of the boxes then they say it's over 20 percent so right. but the funny part is is when you look at it you figure if you take the height of your timeline cover and divide it into five boxes vertically, mm-hmm. um, you could have some text in those boxes that actually um, is small, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit too long, and it ends up going into six boxes. Mm-hmm. So right. it would get rejected. But mm-hmm. really, if you calculated the percentage, it probably would be well under 20%. But mm-hmm. So we have to deal with this. Highly simplistic system. I don't know why they didn't go with something more, but maybe like a hundred box grid, which would have been right. At least would have been would, relatively accurate. Yeah, you know. that would give you a lot more, you know, a, a lot more um, 
area that you can play with because you know I looked at mine and I'm actually in six grids just barely because part of a letter as you said goes right into a sixth box I mean it's probably four or five pixels it's a teeny tiny little amount but according to Facebook they would say eh. yeah um, well you know they are um, if you look at their page where they've listed some examples they do if you'd have Let's say you have a word with six letters, and one of the letters goes into a sixth box. Mm-hmm. Technically, they don't count the the letter that's gone a little bit wide. Okay. Um, you know, so, it, but the problem is, who's looking at the ad? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, is it is the person having a bad day and just wants to be <laughs> nasty, or, right. or are they, you know, going to be mm-hmm. liberal about it? The other thing is, um, they're using an automated system, so, uh, and it's... I think it just now started catching on with the um, with the images in promoted posts mm-hmm. because they've always used um, a preview system when you went in and used like the ads manager to add an ad. When you mm-hmm. placed the ad, you always had to wait. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you got the little hourglass showing right. you that somebody looked you were, at it. You were waiting for it to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. So that you know, it might have taken a few hours, and finally you'd get an email saying, "Okay, your ad's been approved." Mm-hmm. With promoted posts. It didn't work that way. When you promoted a post, as soon as you hit the promote button, it pretty much automatically started getting sent out into the news feeds. Mm-hmm. And then a- after they end up reviewing it at some point, it may get rejected down the road. And I ran an experiment where I ran three different posts. Mm-hmm. I used 100% text in all of my test images. And I started with, I was just sort of trying to figure out how their system really can tell you know, letters. Mm-hmm. They're using some sort of recognition system, but right. um, so I created the first one, 100% text, but the letters were all made out of, um, I think it was little rocks mm-hmm. that were made into the shapes of letters or mm-hmm. graphics that made letters. So mm-hmm. it it made it the whole three days of the promotion and never got rejected. So then I tried another one that was actually an, uh, a font, but it was a very funky font. It wasn't mm-hmm. a typical standard one that you that one ran the whole three days never got rejected so then i went ahead and did one with just a standard font that should have you know easily been picked up mm-hmm. um and i put a little picture of jerry lewis from one of his old movies on there and had some silly text about any idiot mm-hmm. can tell this is more than 20 percent text and that was my <laughs> ad um well that ran the whole three days and never got rejected either mm-hmm. so now i have noticed that um a couple ads that i've tried to run especially if they were screenshots like if I posted a screenshot of a Twitter ah, background that I mm-hmm. designed mm-hmm. and tried to promote it, it gets rejected because since it's a screenshot of a page, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of text on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, those rejections have been happening within a few minutes. So wow. I think they've gotten the, the system actually real-time almost now. So mm-hmm. when you submit something. So then what happens is they've got that crazy little 25-box grid, an automated system, takes a look at your image. If it's not a perfect system, obviously. If if the text, if a human looked at it and they said, "Hey, that text would fit within five boxes if we just slid it to the left mm-hmm. a half an inch," but mm-hmm. it, because it's you know where it happens to be positioned in the ad, it's actually going into six boxes. Um, that's not going to happen if it's being looked at by a an algorithm or a computer. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to get rejected. So then mm-hmm. what they say is it, it's supposed to go through this automated system. If it gets rejected in that system, then it gets put into a queue to be reviewed by an actual human being. But um, so right now, there's a lot of false positives, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of mistakes. People are 
posting examples of things that are clearly not 20% that are still getting rejected. But Right. Uh, and as far as timeline covers go at this point, um, you know, I keep hearing about pages that say that they've had a timeline cover that was removed, but mm-hmm. um, I just kind of hear these anecdotal stories. I never actually see any real examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and mine's been over 20% for months. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether they're actually cracking down that hard on the timeline covers yet, I don't know. Well, and it's tricky because, as you said, it is something that a, a computer is is analyzing. So, you know, what happens if, say, you're a newspaper and you used newsprint as the background of your, your image? I mean, technically that would be, it's not going to be 100% because that would be, you know, total coverage. But that's going to be really pretty high. But it's not saying anything. It's just kind of there as part of the image. Are they going to have a problem with that? Well, sure, and the, you know that's a big issue that a lot of people have right now. Especially, uh, let's say an author wants to post a um, cover of his newest book. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are real good it's going to have more than twenty percent text on it. It's going to get mm-hmm. rejected. Um, you know, when I try to post screenshots of some of my designs and, and promote posts, they get rejected because typically it's a screenshot of Facebook or Twitter that's right. going to have mm-hmm. a lot of text. Um, you know, the uh, I guess right now the only way to get around that is to make sure the text is not readable. So if you were using a picture of a newspaper, you know, I guess you could blur the image enough to where Mm -hmm. you could kind of tell it was a newspaper in the background, an out-of-focus background more than, you know, an in-focus background. But Mm -hmm. there was another example of um, um, a company that designs posters, print posters that hang Mm -hmm. on the wall. Mm -hmm. And they were all basically text-based posters, not pictures. Mm-hmm. And all their, you know, they would post a, their latest poster and they wanted to promote it um, and it would get rejected because obviously it was breaking the rules. So, right. you know, I think it's it's kind of hurting a lot of people that have a legitimate reason to post mm-hmm. a picture that happens to have more than 20% text. Um, there's a few other things to keep in mind, too. The promoted right now, originally when the rule came out, they were saying 20% text and it was across the board for any advertising, which covered also the little smaller images that were in the right sidebar ads, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, that also covered promoted posts, sponsored stories, anything that was you were paying to advertise. Mm -hmm. Um, The the ruling now, or the reading, the text now when you read it, Mm -hmm. does not specifically say anything anymore about ads. What it says is ads in the news feed. So Ah. as far as I know... Because I see an awful lot of, like I'm looking at one right now, mm-hmm. an ad that says build a new audience, and it's about 50% text. Right. Mm-hmm. And it made it through. So, But it's in the sidebar. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, it, based on the way they've got it worded, I believe they're saying it has to appear within the news feed itself, not mm-hmm. um, the sidebar. But that still covers uh, promoted posts, sponsored stories, um, offers. If you use an image in an offer, mm-hmm. can't mm-hmm text and it also covers if you're sponsoring an event and you want to promote the event if you've created a cool little header for your event page and it has more than 20 percent text in it that's the image that's going to get used when you try to promote your event you mm-hmm. don't have the option of picking an image so um, if that image happens to have more than 20 percent text and you're trying to promote a uh, you know a 25k run for cancer awareness or something and you've got the the date and the the time and a lot of text in that header header for the event it's going to get rejected. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and you know, one of the reasons I heard originally, and this was you know a long time ago when we first started really designing our cover images, and they said no call to action, was that they wanted people to be scrolling down into the news feed and reading more about whatever it was about the company then. And I suppose that's kind of the same concept now. It, is that, you know, they don't want more than 20% because they do want people looking down in the news feed. But, you know, this is just going to be very touchy. Be- you know, I was just looking at a page where someone had a photograph of an event and everyone had T-shirts on that had the event name on it, you know, and all the, okay, does that count as text? <laughs> I mean, this this really could get pretty hinky with some people, especially when the computer is the first to review it. Uh, yeah, and that's a perfect example of the false positives because mm-hmm. right now the rule does say that logos count mm-hmm. if your logo is text-based. Mm-hmm. Um, the logo counts as part of the 20% unless it appears on a product. So if Coke, <laughs> was put, if Coke was to put a big image on the top of their timeline mm-hmm. that showed a bunch of people standing around drinking Cokes and you could read the word Coke on all the bottles, mm-hmm. um, you know, chances are, but we would be over twenty percent. But since the logo is appearing on a product, that wouldn't be counted. So they could have a picture of, uh, you know, they could have a picture from a bottling plant that shows a hundred bottles all with mm-hmm. the word Coke on it, and none of those would count. And then they could have a tagline across the top that says, you know, whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, then T-shirts would technically count as a product. So if people were standing around, up. I think we might have lost Hugh. I've lost Hugh. Can you still hear me at the station? Yeah, we can hear you, Deb, but Hugh is uh, gone AWOL. Hugh just went AWOL. Oh, hang on. Let me text him real quick. So, you know, what we've been talking about, in fact, why don't we um, take a, a real quick break because we're at the 15-minute mark. So let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we will have Hugh back. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way Listening to Mile High Radio, MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Not quite seven years of age, Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away, along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer. 
leukemia. Her two-year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo, oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aaliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support Aim to Cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. Aim to Cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children will have a tomorrow. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Or working harder than ever but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our information, you can lead a happier life, work from home, and start earning great money fast. I was a, a traditional business owner, and our business was affected greatly by the economy, so we were looking for another income stream. It allowed me to actually walk away from a 16-year career and part owner in a traditional business just after eight months. Go to freedom1000.com, get out of the rat race, work from home, and start earning great money fast. I'm a single mom. Before this business, I was over $90,000 in credit card debt alone, and now we go to Disneyland, Disney World. We've been on vacation to Hawaii. I never could have done that before this business. Go to freedom1000.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom1000.com. Freedom1000.com. And start earning great money fast. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. And we are back. Sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulty where Skype decided it would hang up on Hugh. So he is back now on a cell phone. Hugh, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here. Hopefully, hopefully it'll sound reasonably Great. good on a phone. Great. Well, it's a little little bit like you're in a barrel, but it'll work out. Um, so <laughs> yeah. what we were talking about before the break was, you know, obviously the cover, cover images now on Facebook. You can have the call to action. You can put your website URL. You can say, like our page. You can put a phone number, all of those various things, as long as, <coughs> excuse me, you don't have more than 20% text in that cover image. Right. So that, you know, it's funny because we were talking about Coca-Cola. So during the break, I went to Coke's uh, Facebook page and they've got six different images there. Then they have their logo and they do have, of course, people with a bottle of Coca-Cola. So you can see the logo there. Two of the bottles, now it could have just, it, it may just be the way they've taken the photo, but they have fuzzed out the uh, graphic image of the logo so that you can't really see it. So I don't know if they're trying to get under the 20%, even though it's the logo on a product or quite what they're doing with it. But it is kind of interesting how they've done that. 
Yeah, I'd love to take a look at it, but I think it wasn't Skype that flaked out. I think my cable went offline, so oh, I'm not no. on the Internet either. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's probably a case of them just taking a photo in a way where they, you know, focused on something and blurred out some, the right. rest of it. But um, technically they wouldn't have had to do that. The, uh, you know, we were talking about T-shirts. If you have your logo on a T-shirt, that's mm-hmm. considered a product. If your logo appears on a book cover. Um, now, we're... You know, where a lot of people would probably all of a sudden start thinking, hey, this is an awesome way to get around the rule because all I got to do is put my logo on a, you know, a box and make it, t- you know, make it look like a package. Facebook says you're not allowed to Photoshop your logo onto a product. So, um, you know, and there you go with the, um, leaving it up to the person reviewing the ad again. Are they going to be able to know the difference between a Photoshop job and a, an actual picture of a, you know, a box with your logo on it? So, um, you know, there's always going to be issues where they're going to be wrong or in one, either in, in your favor or against you, but one way or the other, there's going to right. be some mistakes. But, um, so, the, you know, I think the thing with the logo is if you do have a product that you're promoting, then I think you, you're in good shape there because you just don't have to worry about that taking the 20%. But most of us are probably aren't going to be putting a logo on an image that's in a product. So, you know, if you're putting your logo on, overlaying your logo on something in the image, then that's going to count towards right. 20%. Yeah, like, for example, me. I don't have a physical product that I sell. So, you know, if I were to put Deb Creer, you know, the socialite on a T-shirt or something, they could probably quite easily say, eh, not so much. <laughs> right. Well, you could take a microphone and... um Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the microphones, when they have the little, I forget what they call it now, but the little thing that goes around the mic that often has right. a logo on it, so mm-hmm. somebody's interviewing somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could probably do a pretty good job of photoshopping the logo on there and claim it was, you know, it's a product. In that case, I would guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think the best thing to do is if you really have your logo on a product, put the picture in there, and then you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, this brings up a point I wanted to mention but about the whole 20% text thing the whole no calls to action, all the rules that they used to have. Um, you know, they, they always say they want you to upload a picture. That's mm-hmm. what they keep. Every, every, even when right. you upload your first timeline, when you create the page, there's always that little message that pops up that says, this spot is not to be used for promotion. Just upload a picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you're Coke, awesome. You know, everybody in the world knows who Coke is. All mm-hmm. I've got to do is put a picture up there of a bunch of people enjoying a Coke at a beach mm-hmm. and, that covers everything. I don't need to put any text in it or anything. It's a perfect timeline, a perfect image. If mm-hmm. if somebody likes Coke, they're going to like the page. If they don't like Coke, they're not going to like it. It's simple as that. But what about the rest of us that don't have a product or a service or a company that's world, you know, no. Right. We're not Nike. We're so not Starbucks. We can't just put a picture. Yeah. I mean, what you know, if you're a restaurant, sure, I guess you could put a cool picture up there of some people enjoying eating inside the restaurant or something. But you know, for the people that are providing a service or have a product um, that nobody knows about, just putting the picture of the product up there or trying to come up with an image that covers something that has to do. What about all the people in social media, you know, the mm-hmm. social media right. um, people and, and people like you? Um, just putting a picture up there is not really going to tell anybody anything. So, no. you know, we really want to be able to put some text on there, just like mine. You know, I have a paragraph with a text on there trying to sort of quickly explain to people what I do but also explaining to them what I do on the page so they have some you know they can say make some sort of um, informed decision whether they want to click the like button or not Mm -hmm. 
Well, and, you know, it's, I'm sure it's something that will add, like everything else on Facebook, it will evolve, it will change, you know, and, and all these various things. Because, you know, it, it, they have grown, they have changed. You know, originally it was a very small image, now it's gotten much bigger. Now, you know, of course, the, the one that's gotten really big, and let's transition into it, is Google+. So we'll come back and talk about Facebook a little bit more. But holy cow, what the heck happened with Google+. Those images just went kafoof and blew up huge. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what happened with Google+, is they saw the new MySpace covers. <laughs> ah. was, uh, yeah, the new MySpace cover takes up the entire screen. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not like a header on top of something that you scroll down to. The new MySpace, you know, went um, very modern with their design and you sc- everything scrolls left to right. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the new MySpace page for anybody, the first thing you see is just one big giant picture. If you're looking at it on a 27-inch uh, you know, Mac, that it takes up the entire screen and you mm-hmm. start scrolling to the right to see the content that person has on their page. Now with Google+, you still scroll vertically you know, mm-hmm. so you have to get down below the, the banner image to see what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But it almost fills the screen, and it kind of it's a responsive design, so it depends on the size of the monitor that you're right. looking at. If you're on a small, if you're on an iPad or a small laptop or a net notebook or something, it's going to be smaller and fit, you know, the the size of the screen. But it's still going to take up two thirds, maybe three quarters of the the monitor, depending mm-hmm. on how many scroll your toolbars you have open in your browser and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, if you look on a larger monitor, so as the monitor size increases, the size of that graphic sh- increases as well. So on a 23-inch monitor, it fills the entire monitor just like it does on a, an iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things people have to keep in mind when they're picking the picture they're going to put on there or they're designing a graphic they're going to use. It needs to be designed really big to start with so that it mm-hmm. can scale down and look good. Because if you put something on there that looks good on your, you know, 15-inch uh, notebook, mm-hmm. then when you look at it on a 23-inch monitor, it's going to be stretched, right? you know, 200%, and it's going to have gotten quite blurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I design everything at 2120 by 1192 for anybody that's interested. So okay. um, that... That size will pretty much look good on any, you know, even the biggest monitors, and then it scales down nicely and, and stays crisp and, and sharp even when you scale it down to fit on a, a small monitor. Mm-hmm. The thing that I think is kind of bizarre is they decided to give us this huge um, cover image, but when you first load the page, it only loads two-thirds of the image. So you right. see the bottom two-thirds, mm-hmm. then you have to physically scroll up, Mm-hmm. to see what's at the top. So that's another thing people need to keep in mind with Google Plus covers is when you're designing the cover or you're picking the photograph, you want to make sure that it looks good. Everything important appears in the bottom right. two-thirds. Well, and one of the things that they have done that is kind of matching Twitter is that it shades darker, which I don't like that. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my Google Plus image right now, and... Uh, you know, and, and I know it's because they've put white text on it, so they want to make it darker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I obviously need to redo mine because it's not the right size. But also, most of the pictures in the bottom, you can't even see them because it has, has shaded darker from the top down to the bottom. Yeah, and, you know, the, those are the things everybody needs to keep in mind when they're putting whatever they're picking, 
you know, as their image. Same thing on, like you said, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's about a 50% gradient that, you know, starts at about 50% gray and, and then graduates up. Mm-hmm. Um, where the text is going to go and where your little round avatar goes. Mm-hmm. And don't even get me started on that round avatar on Google+. <laughs> Plus, cause, uh, you know, that looks just like a bubble out of the old love boat. You it know, does. just it looks so old-fashioned to me. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of photographs that once you, you know, once they make it fit inside a circle, mm-hmm. some of it's getting cut out that you might not have intended for, mm-hmm. you know, get it cut out. But it just looks funky to me, a round circle. I don't, I don't quite understand how that fits into the, the design. Well, but some, and- somebody liked it. But And then the gradient part at the bottom um like you said, if you've got something at the bottom that you were kind of hoping people would see. So you can't put any, if you put any text down there, like I had a client the other day telling me in his Twitter uh, header banner, he wanted to put some colored text down the bottom that would be below the location line in your bio. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of space down below there. Mm-hmm. And so he said, let's put some text down there, and I want it in the color of the the college. It was for a fraternity or something he wants it in the color of college i was trying to explain to him that the problem is is by once twitter puts the 50 percent gray on top of it if it's let's say it's yellow text it's going to look green if it's it's dark blue it's going to be black you won't even see it so um you know there are some things that you have to keep in mind and obviously you're going to not want to put anything really important in the bottom you also have to remember too that as that you know because of that responsive design as the size of the monitor increases the little round avatar that's way over on the left actually mm-hmm. moves over to the right as the monitor size increases. So Ooh, I hadn't noticed if, that. If you've got something to the right of your, so your avatar, when you're looking at it, let's say on an average size monitor, mm-hmm. is over relatively close to the left side of the image. And then to the right of that is your name and, uh, you know, location and a few things. Mm-hmm. If you've designed it so that there's something that shows up to the right of that and it looks great on your monitor, mm-hmm. you have to realize that it may not look so great on a big monitor because the, that round avatar and the text to the right of it will slide over to the right as the right. monitor size increases, and then it could end up covering something you didn't intend for it to cover. Well, and I can see that right now on mine that I'm looking at because I have a 23-inch monitor, and there's a good two inches probably to the left of my picture if i move it to my smaller monitor there's almost nothing so this is just very complicated (laughs) yeah it it makes it rough on the people that are trying to do something more than just upload a picture right Uh, you know the new youtube is doing the same thing so youtube now has gotten away from the custom the backgrounds Mm -hmm. like twitter Mm -hmm. um so now they've gone the, the the new youtube channel design matches google plus it's all white um and i kind of like the new design after you get used to it uh i I never really was big big fan of all that gray that they Mm -hmm. used on the the last design and now they're making better use of the sides um you know with some columns that give you some choices and and i think things fit better and Mm -hmm. it's nice and clean with the white background you don't have to worry about people using images that look bad like on the old myspace or something right so now instead of backgrounds they've given us like twitter and facebook we get to put a banner across the top of the page Mm -hmm. Um, and they're doing the same thing with theirs their banner has to be designed really big and really wide and because for people that are looking using televisions to view um, Ah. they they see this huge tall image just like they would on google plus 
Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at it on a computer, you see an image that's, a, you know, approximately three inches high, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the amount that you see in the width depends on the, the size of your monitor. So on smaller monitors, if you've designed something that looks good, and the same thing happens too, the little avatar image that's pulled from your Google Plus page that appears, mm-hmm. um, that slides to the right as the monitor size increases. So mm-hmm. same thing happens with theirs. Things move in relation to the size of everything. It, it, the relationship of what you put on your page in, you know, with the elements that they have overlaying it don't mm-hmm. stay the same on every size monitor. Right. Well, and, you know, now that we've just completely panicked anyone who's trying to do it themselves, maybe they just have one monitor that they're looking at, you know, whether it's their laptop or their desktop system. You do this for a living. So go ahead and tell people how to reach you in case they want to contract with you and and have you design their images for them. Well, the best thing to do would be to go to socialidentities.com. And then from there, you can go look at my portfolio. I've got lots of pages with lots of information and obviously contact pricing order form, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, you know, as I mentioned at, as we started the program, I use your image or your, your information when I give presentations to businesses because I tell them that you, know, you have to be consistent across everything. Your website should have the same look and feel as your uh, image on YouTube, your image on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, all of those various things. And it was funny because, you know, everybody was getting it. They were understanding it and they, they – under- but then I had somebody that said – but you told us also that we should have a photo for our avatar. You're one of the few people who, who I know who on across everything, including LinkedIn, doesn't have an actual photo. You have a, you call it a cartoon. It's not really a cartoon, but it's, it's not a true photo. Why did you decide to do that? And obviously it's been successful to you, but you're, you're kind of the, the, the anomaly in all of this. Um, well, it started life as a photo, but then I did some, work on it with filters so it's actually more of an illustration now but mm-hmm. uh it still looks like me you know so right. it's not a caricature mm-hmm. uh it, if somebody sees me in person they look exactly like that that image but you know it kind of evolved because when everything started as far as customizing goes mm-hmm. it pretty much was all twitter Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Twitter was the first one that started with the custom backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Facebook, when they first started, you know, we didn't have pages in the first place. And then once mm-hmm. we came out with pages, then he decided to give us, you know, a big header area at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I started expanding, you know, into other uh, social networking platforms, my picture just kind of seemed to go along the way. It wasn't like I wanted to take a new picture for everything I did. Mm-hmm. I just kept using the same one. Um, but then as I started thinking about branding and how to keep it consistent across the platforms and also thinking about the fact that even though I'm branding social identities as a company, I'm also branding hubris as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, Scott Monty is a perfect example of that with Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ford does have a Facebook page and they do have right. a Twitter page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their spokesperson, the guy that handles most of their um talking to the public is Scott Monty. So when you mm-hmm. go to Scott Monty's Twitter page, even though he has, I designed his Twitter background, by the way, but even though he has a Ford logo in the background and it's, you know, he's there to talk about Ford, it's his picture that's on the page. So mm-hmm. when people are talking to Scott Monty and he's talking about, hey, check out the new Mustang that just came out and people start asking him questions, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like social should be, there's that nice conversation back and forth between two people. They mm-hmm. know they're really talking to a person. They can right. associate a face with that person. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to Ford, uh, you don't have a clue who you're talking to, and no. every time they respond to you, you see a logo. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're not looking at a face of somebody that replied to you with a friendly answer. Mm-hmm. You just see Ford's logo, and who knows who the employee is mm-hmm. that's talking to you. So, to me, I just w- decided to brand myself and social identities, you know, equally. And then I think it, I just kind of use my avatar everywhere. So I don't, you know, even on my, so like on Facebook, I have Facebook dot com slash hubris and then mm-hmm. i have facebook.com slash my social identity mm-hmm. um, i use the same avatar on both pages if i'm mm-hmm. posting as hubris the person or i'm posting as social identities i'm still people are still seeing a picture of a person right and um you know and i think in my case uh, the way that my branding works and the way people talk about me they sort of talk about hubris and social identities interchangeably a lot mm-hmm. of times people will say hey check out the cool background social identities design for me most of the time they'll say check out the background hubris mm-hmm. design right. right but when somebody goes to something that's like my facebook page or my twitter page where it is is hubris mm-hmm. you know i just make sure that i have uh branding and and ways for people to find out about social identities mm-hmm. when they get there right. I don't think it works that way for everybody, you know. Um, And I think for big companies that have a lot of people handling their uh, accounts, so Mm -hmm. on Facebook where you you might have a big company, uh, you may not have one person doing all the posting. So in those cases, I think it's always a good idea to sign it, you know, so that people know, you know, if you've got five different people talking on an account, um, you know, I think it's nice to maybe put like a little tilde and then your name at the end Mm -hmm. um, so that people know that right. they're talking to a person. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, on, on my pages, I do use a different image for my personal Facebook page. I mean, it's still a professional image and, and things like that, but there you get a little more of my personal viewpoints as opposed to my business page, which I'm never going to talk about, you know, a TV show that I watched or, or things like that. So for me, that's kind of where I do the little differentiation. But you're so right. You know, if, if a company... You know, if you associate a, a specific company with a person, then it should probably be their image that's there. If it's a big brand, then it's okay to have a logo. It's okay to have, you know, a, a picture of their product or things like that as their avatars. I think one of the best pieces of advice that I heard from someone was that if you are using your photo, it needs to be something where you're looking straight at the camera and, you know, making eye contact because it's kind of like that person is talking to you, you know, and, and so if you're, you know, not looking at it or, you know, frowning, oh, we've, we've all seen, you know, pictures, especially on LinkedIn where I'm thinking, oh, why would I want to connect with that person? But, you know, it's, it's <laughs> interesting to see all of the different images that people have on the various sites. To me, that's, you know, part of the fun of it is going through and looking at some of those. Yeah. And, you know, I've always, I've always been a rebel. So in my picture, I'm not looking at the camera. I'm looking off to the side. It's a profile, but, um, you know, so you're looking at my profile and I'm not really looking at you, but, uh, in general, I think what you're saying probably makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think the one thing that's important, I see a lot of people giving advice that it should be a highly professional studio type picture. 
Um, you know, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, if I was on LinkedIn and I was hoping maybe to get a job as a vice president of a company, well, I think it'd be real important that that was a, a professional image that I paid somebody to take. Um, I think for most people, um, it just needs to be a good picture. Right. I don't think it needs to be. And personally, I don't even like the studio shots. I mean, if it looks like they, you know, if it looks like the lady went in and spent $300 on a makeup artist to get her hair done and her makeup done and, and then, you know, that you got this perfect, perfectly lit photo and everything. Um, I don't know. I just kind of lose the personal mm-hmm. feel, uh, you know, behind it. It right. just, it feels like you're talking to somebody sitting there in a three piece suit rather than, you know, a person yeah. that's relaxed I, and just talking to me. So I, I think as long as it's a good quality photo, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if, if it's, yeah. it, well, and, and I use the example in, in one of my classes, I told someone, um, he was, he's a landscaper and I said, you know, if you, Never ever meet clients wearing a suit and tie, then you should never wear it in your, your images online. I said it's perfectly fine to have your polo shirt with your image, you know, your, your uh, logo on it, because that's how people know you. You know, if, if he had his picture in his suit and tie, people would go, who's that? We don't know who that is. <laughs> right. Well, so, yeah, and I think that's a, a very valid point. And I think the picture should poach portray the way that you want to be seen by the public in the way that you would normally be seen by the public. Now, normally, if you sit around in your house drinking beer and wearing shorts and a tank top, then that's probably not the way you look when you go out in public at the mall. So what we're talking about is not necessarily the way that people would see you if they showed up at your door, but the way that people would normally see you um, the most often. Yeah, I think a real good example is, my father-in-law back, he started a company back in the 80s and it was a construction company and mm-hmm. he needed a new car. Mm-hmm. Well, he had the money to go out and buy a very expensive car. Um, mm-hmm. But he was worried that if he pulled up in the driveway of somebody that, you know, wanted a house built mm-hmm. and it wasn't somebody that was going to have a, you know, $15 million mansion built, it was just somebody mm-hmm. that wanted a, a nice four bedroom house. Mm-hmm. You know, if he pulled up in the most expensive Mercedes, the first thing they're going to think is this guy, is way out of my price range. Right. You know? Um, so and he then he figured out, okay, on the, on the reverse side of that, if I pull up in um, a Yugo mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, a um, Chevrolet or something, people might have the feeling that, oh, this guy's not very successful. Mm-hmm. You know, I want him to build my $15 million mansion, but the guy's driving around in a used Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, is he really any good? I mean, if he was any good, you would right. think he had enough money to buy a nice car. So what he ultimately ended up doing was buying a low-end Mercedes. He figured that was, you know, sort of like halfway, you know, between the two. Um, but it's still something that people should think about. And if mm-hmm. it's a picture of yourself, it's the same thing. If right. you're if you're in a business like landscaping where you have a picture of yourself in a three-piece suit, it doesn't really fit. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about Twitter images, because those are totally different than anything else that we see on any other social media, anyhow the platforms that I'm on. So uh, let's talk about that when we come back. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're listening to Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com, on the World Wide Web, for your listening pleasure. 
It's a fact. You can make thousands of dollars flipping houses. Discover the secret house flipping formula from Dave and Pete, the stars of A&E's number one hit show, Flipping Boston, for free. Hi, it's Pete and Dave. We're giving you our flipping formula for free. It's what we use to find the right house, flip it fast, and get paid. It's time to stop just talking about flipping houses and start doing it. Now is one of the best times in history. USA Today reported that you can make thousands of dollars in profit flipping houses. In New York City, the average profit was over 118 grand. Omaha, it's over 71000 bucks. Lake Havasu, Arizona, the profit per flip was $87,000. And we're going to show you how we do it for free. Stop dreaming. The houses are there. The opportunity will never be better. And for a limited time, the flipping formula is free. Call now, 877-352-6835. For your free flipping formula strategy guide DVDs, just pay processing. That's 877-352-6835. 877-352-6835. Is your computer getting slower? Is your printer not working right? Can't get your smartphone to work with your PC? Or is the Internet taking so long to load that it seems like the worldwide wait? I'm Luke Ford, CEO of My Computer Works. Every day we help people just like you fix their computer problems. We offer an affordable way to help you with your computer. It's fast, safe, and reliable. But you don't have to believe me. Here's what our customers are saying. Thank you so much for My Computer Works. I feel like I've got a new partner. They did just as they promised. They were very friendly, and I will highly recommend them to my family and friends and other business associates. You know, technology keeps advancing, and it's very hard to keep up. So My Computer Works is definitely a service that I can't do without. It's affordable, fast, and safe. It's My Computer Works. Just call 1-800-620-1090. 1-800-620-1090. That's 1-800-620-1090. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And we are back. Thank you for being my friend. I am Deb Creer. I am the socialite. And I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And, of course, you cannot do any of this if you don't have a great graphical image on all of the various social media platforms. So with me today is Hugh Briss, and we've been talking all about Facebook and Google+, and now we're going to launch into Twitter. But before we do that again, Hugh, tell people how they can find you. Well, if they want to email me, I'm Hugh at socialideentities.com, and my website is socialideentities.com. Um, I also blog at hughbriss.com. Um, and then but again, I think that's the easiest way. If I start giving everybody links to my social networks, we'll be here all day. So. Right. You know, and, and I would encourage people to connect with you because it, it's great. You know, I'm, I follow you on, on Facebook and, and, you know, all, all the various sites because the second somebody sees a change, boy, they contact you and they say, Oh, now I'm seeing this or I'm seeing that. And quite often you are one of the first people who knows about the changes. So you're able to kind of calm the masses, tell us all not to panic. <laughs> <laughs> all those I, know, I have to things. talk people down off the ledge. You know, oh, often. Have you noticed I, that? You know, well, and especially <laughs> when somebody has spent a lot of time developing their images and they log in and eh, it's a different size, it's a different, you know, I talked to somebody the other day who their Google Plus image for their, you know, we had talked about the fact that now your, your face is in this little circle. 
it was their nose because they had the image so big that somehow it was, and I was like, okay, just go back in and resize it. But, you know, it, it can be scary. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of business people, you know, whether they're an entrepreneur or a small business or even a big business, they think, I can't do it. I can't keep up with all of these changes. So that's where it is good to connect with somebody like you who does this, who keeps up with it and can calm the masses and talk us all back down off the ledges. So, yeah, right. and I think the one thing that I would say that's probably a real good idea for everybody is in any time you log in and you see that something changed, mm-hmm. like you got a big nose sticking there because it's mm-hmm. too close on your face, <laughs> um, or if you log in and nothing lines up anymore because Facebook, you know, like Facebook, what they're doing right now, the new uh, timeline that just rolled mm-hmm. out with right. the single column instead of the two, mm-hmm. you know, going bang back and forth down the page, mm-hmm. um, they changed the header. The, now they put the text instead of black below the timeline. It's mm-hmm. up in, it's white in right. the timeline cover. They also moved the profile photo up. Mm-hmm. So if you had designed like I had, uh, if you had designed your personal timeline cover to, so that the uh, profile photo was incorporated into the design background of the timeline cover, mm-hmm. like for example, mine is a beach scene, and then I have my picture mm-hmm. um, with the background knocked out so that it looks like I'm, at the beach, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, is that picture had to line up perfectly with the rest of the timeline cover. So now, when the new profile timeline's rolling out, that picture doesn't line up anymore. So I had to go in, you know, and adjust things to fit. But anytime that somebody posts something and, or they go look at their page and, and something isn't lining up anymore, you know, don't get overly right excited. Just of, uh, producing a show right now. Oops. Can I call you back? We've know, we've gained someone on Skype here for the moment. Hoss, Hoss, we can hear you. Able to do it. I can't get into customer service. Can't get into my account or anything. So, um, Hoss, yeah, maybe can you can get into customer service. Do that today. Can you give me the number, please? <laughs> we we have an interloper in our conversation. Uh huh. Yeah. Super. We, okay, I'll we'll call you back uh, within the hour. Okay, I think we're back. Uh, Sorry right. about that. We Goodbye. we had a. Oh, he's still there. I can't talk right now. Let's wrap it up there, buddy. Okay. All right. Okay, we're back. Right now. Okay, I've got to go. Please. Okay, got to go. See ya. No, wait, stay, stay, Hugh, stay. <laughs> oh boy, it's like live radio fun, isn't it? My my cable goes out, and I'm I'm sitting here talking to myself on Skype for five minutes until I figured it out. And I know. You know, you, you gotta love this. Gotta love technology. Let's see. So where were? Oh, we were talking. Right. About so well, let's go. We'll jump real quick to Twitter, and then yeah. um, the the thing with uh, Twitter is, mm-hmm. that I think you were talking about is now we got the big banner and the background right. and all that stuff, right? Well, okay. And, and then you know the one thing that there's there's the two images on Twitter. You've got the the one that is the image kind of front and center that gives you a little bio and things like that. And then there's the whole background image. So let's talk uh, briefly about the, the main image there that has your identification and, you know, it, it gives you a quick little bio. Because, again, it's like what they did on Google+. It shades down. Um, so, you know, I developed an image for someone, and I lost the whole bottom of their image because it was a dark image to start with. And then they shaded it even darker, so ugh, I just lost it all. It's, but it's a fun little place, and and I think that's where people can keep in mind is it's it's putting white text on there, so you need to design it. And I love yours because you have your avatar 
perfectly centered in this image for somebody. And, and it's like you said on other monitors, it resizes. So, you know, that was, that was a pretty cool feature that you did. Yeah, and I've even got mine where the top of my banner um, mm-hmm. extends into the top of the background, so the girl's the top of the girl's head and the top of the right. cell phone mm-hmm. are actually part of the background. But I've lined it all up so it looks like it's one image. Um, and it, the the thing to keep in mind with Twitter that's really nice now, and it's the same thing now with the Google Plus covers. That Google Plus just updated their mm-hmm. mobile app. Um, so that when you look at somebody's Google Plus page, you see that image at, at the top. Um, same thing with um, Facebook timelines and, the, and also the fa- same thing with Twitter. That mm-hmm. banner image shows up at the top when you look at somebody's page on um, um, the mobile app, which is nice because now there's a way for us to actually get some branding uh, on the mobile pages. Before mm-hmm. Twitter, you could have a really fancy background, but when you were looking at on a mobile app, you didn't see any of that mm-hmm. you know, on the background. So now that image, it's pretty important to think about what that image is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think most people are putting a picture up there, but mm-hmm. uh, it's also a good spot to stick some branding or so even some promotion because that does show on the mobile app when somebody mm-hmm. looks at that page. Mm-hmm. The, the disadvantage we've had is we are working with that darn gradation down at the bottom of the screen Mm -hmm. and you know some images it works nicely and some images it doesn't where i really don't think it works nice is if it's a light colored image because then it just looks like it gets muddy at the bottom you know it's it's not if it's a white background or a light colored background it just looks like it Mm -hmm. you know changes to a sort of a muddy gray Mm -hmm. at the bottom or if it's a darker image it just looks like it gets darker which could look nice depending Mm -hmm. on how it's done the major change that they made on Twitter was the backgrounds, where before our backgrounds were always anchored to the left. Right. Um, and as the monitor size increased, the tweet section in the middle moved to remain centered, but the background mm-hmm. stayed anchored to the left. So, and so when you had we all designed something, <laughs> if you, right. And, and if you, so you design something that looked good on, let's say, a 19 inch monitor mm-hmm. where you see a couple image, inches on each side. It looked nice. And then when you looked at it on a really big monitor, there was this huge gap between the, the imagery that you had put on the left side and the tweet section. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't happen now. You can design it so that uh, because of the fact that we can set the image to stay centered, mm-hmm. the relation between the images in the background and the main area in the section remain the same. So as the size of the monitor increases, you just see more of the background on each side. But whatever you have next to the tweet area stays, you know, connected to it as it moves. It also gives you the advantage to now put things on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, before, right. if you put something on the right side, it you know, that looked great on one size monitor, it didn't look good on smaller and larger monitors because the tweet area covered it either partially or, or completely, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the nice thing is now you could put something on both sides. You could put, uh, you know, a picture on the left side and a little bit of text on the right side or whatever you want to do, and you're going to be safe that it's going to look good to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's kind of cool now is it gives you the option to p- put some sort of a border um, if you wanted uh, or frame that center section. So if you had uh, – and then what I've been doing with a lot of them is, you know, I don't really like that light ghosted image that they that they do um, mm-hmm. where that little bit of space around the white part of the tweet area Mm -hmm. they they put a light overlay it's either light or dark depending on you get to pick white or black Mm -hmm. Um, so it's either 50 percent black or it's 
50% white. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of cases, it just doesn't look good. So I put a white box in the background when I upload it, and then what it does is you, you don't have that light ghosted ah. effect. It just looks mm-hmm. like pure white. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have been able to do that before either because right. it wouldn't have remained centered. But mm-hmm. so you know, and, and it makes it, the nice thing is with all of these changes, you know, whether it's Google Plus, Facebook, you know, anything, we are now getting the ability to have them match our websites, you know, so that we can have this consistent look and feel across everything. And, you know, to me, from a, a marketing perspective, that's just absolutely critical. You know, if, if somebody looks at your website and they go look at your Facebook page and it's totally different and then your Twitter image is very different too, the impression can be that your business might not be focused, that, you know, you might not know what you're doing. And, you know, so I love the fact that we can now get closer and closer to having this consistent branding across everything that we're doing. Yeah, and even if that consistent branding is just a color, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you use the same background color everywhere, at least mm-hmm. at least when somebody goes from one place to another, they recognize, you know, that, that there is that brand continuity there. Right. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be a lot of fancy design work done, but you know, for Coca Cola, it's simple. All they got to do is put a red background in everything mm-hmm. and put their Coke logo, and it's, <laughs> it's you know done. But right, the old IBM blue, you know, things like that, where where right. it really was right. a color exactly. that you you associated with it. But you know, it it is it's such a cool thing, and and unfortunately, or you know, fortunately for people like you, it is something that changes fairly often. So you know, here we are at the top of the hour. I know that we'll definitely have to have you on again because they're going to tinker with it, they're going to play, and what happens anyhow seems to happen is when one of the big guys plays then the others start playing you know they all have to keep up with the joneses so Hugh, we will definitely have you back on um for people to to connect with you one more time it's just socialidentities.com right perfect and for people who thanks for having me i enjoyed talking with you again as usual I love it. I love it. You know, for people who aren't connected with me, you know, why the heck not? Easy way is debcreer.com, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R. And I look forward to seeing everybody and connecting with people. And we will catch you next week. Have a great one. Thank you for being a friend. Listening to Mile High Radio, MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.